for your name. Never be ashamed of you. Oh, 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 now praise. Now we are today. Take, take, take it all, take, take, take it all. Jesus, we're living for your name. We'll never be ashamed of you. Oh, 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 now praise. Now we are today. Take, take, take it all. Take, Put your hands together like it. You say your son. You say your son. Just from heaven to earth. You delivered us all. It's eternally heard. I searched for truth. And all I found was you. My God, I'll only ever give my all. You say your son. From heaven to earth. You delivered us all. It's eternally heard. I
was not frightened. He did not run away. Walked into that battle with a slingshot and a pebble. Said, I'll tell you something, devil. I am not afraid. My God is big, big, big. His love is wide, wide, wide. And in my heart, 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 he lives inside, side, side. He lives inside my heart. Inside my heart. He lives inside my heart. He lives inside, side, side. Well, prayer was a lot of defiance. But Daniel kept on trying. So they threw them with those lions Right about the supper time And they were close enough to eat him He could smell their bad breath breathing But he shook the prize of heathen When he came out alive My God is big, big, big His love is wide, wide, wide And in my heart, heart, heart He lives inside, side, side He lives inside my heart Inside my heart, he's inside my heart. He lives inside, side, side. When I'm feeling lonely, when I'm feeling scared, when I eat baloney, I know God is there. Father God, we thank you for this this worship service. God, for the opportunity to worship together of all ages. God, we come to give you glory. We love you, Lord. We thank you.
Can we give Jesus a huge hand of praise this morning? Come on, he's worth it. Bless your name, God. Amen. Well, good morning. My name is Glenn Wolf. I'm one of the pastors here at City Church. It's good to see everybody this morning. And uh, I woke up early this morning just really wanting to pray for you. 
uh, really just I knew I was going to be in this moment of this service, but even before uh, this service ever started, I was up early this morning just asking God, God, would you move today? God, would you move among our families? And I want to do that. I want to, first of all, I want to pray for you. Second thing, I want to pray for a pastor in our church or in our community. But uh, you're here and you just say, you know what, man, I, I need some prayer. I'm going through something in my life. It doesn't make a difference whether it's small or big. Let's believe God for miracles in this place this morning. He really is that good. And I, I woke up with this thought about how many times we believe the gospel or we believe Jesus to save us, but not necessarily transform us. And so there are many times where we, we kind of approach, we can do that, right? We can tend to kind of go, you know what, I'm just going to have to deal with this. I know, God, you saved me, but this is my crutch. This is my thing. That, But can't we believe, God, that he, he's not just going to save us, but he's transforming our bodies and our minds and our marriages and our, our community? And so I don't know if your body is not being transformed today, if your body is hurting, let's pray. Let's ask God to not just save us, but let's ask God to transform us right where we are. If that's you, in any way, you'd say, God, would you, Pastor Glenn, would you pray for me? And you're saying, God, would you touch my life in some real way? Would you lift your hand so I just know who I'm praying for? That's all. Nothing real crazy. And if you if you got your hand lifted, go ahead and pray. Come on, there's nothing special about me up here on this stage. God, we come in agreement today. And Lord, we ask for miracles in this place. God, we thank you that you are mighty to save. But God, it goes way beyond that, doesn't it, church? God, you are not just mighty to save. You're mighty to transform every single part of our life. So, Lord, today I pray for marriages to be transformed, to be strengthened today. God, I pray, Lord, for those that need jobs, Lord. They've had issues in their finances, God. They've, they, they've, they've, uh, whatever the issue might be there, God, we ask God for you to transform that situation. God, we lift up our kids to you. We lift up our families to you. We lift up the city of Sanford to you. And God, we ask your blessing and your favor to be poured out in the name of Jesus. Second thing I want to pray for this morning is uh, Pastor Dan Mastrapa. And he's from uh, Scent Church, a life-giving church right here in Sanford. And I love what our pastor is doing, if you haven't noticed in the last few weeks. But we've been praying for another church in our area. How many of y'all know we want to see our city saved? Amen. And, um, and if you're new to our church, man, we, we know it's not all about us. And uh, we're community people. We're kingdom people. And so let's lift them up. Let's lift up their family. Let's ask God to bless that church just as he's blessing our church. Can we do that? Father, we lift up in the name of Jesus, the powerful, resurrecting name of Jesus. We lift up the Mastrapa family and that church called Scent Church. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that, God, you would do exactly what their name is, that they would be sent out into this community, that, God, that many thousands and thousands of people will come to know you. They'll come to, your, to faith in Jesus. God, we pray right now over him as he may be preaching today, as their church might be gathering right now at this moment, worshiping you. God, we pray that you would move in that service. God, we pray that families would be restored. God, we pray your blessing upon them today. And Lord, we lift up sent church in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Can we give God just one more? This is the time to do it. You know, he's amazing. He's amazing. He's amazing. Awesome. Awesome. Well, if you don't know, today is our family day and we are heading to the beach after this. And it's still not too late to go. And if it's your first time here, uh, what we've done is we've combined our children, our adults, everybody together. We do this about three or four times a year just to get the sense of family and to get the sense of community. And sometimes we don't realize the amazing things that are happening in our children. And aren't you thankful for our kids ministry and for the team? And hey, they're just incredible. So 
Uh, so we're going to have a little bit of, we're going to have some fun this morning. We're going to hear from our kids' pastor. But before you're seated, I want you to do two things. I want you to find somebody you don't know. Secondly, get on on your social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever it might be, and hashtag Orlando City Church. Maybe post something positive, all right? And then you can find your seat. Good morning, City Church. So glad you guys are here today. I got with me Bruce, Justin, and Damon. Everyone shout out hello. We got a crazy game here for you guys today. Go ahead and take a watch this video and see what we're going to play. Hanky Panky. A typical box of tissues contains 160 tissues. Dispense its contents one sheet at a time. Removing one guides the next into place, and so on. In the next challenge, using only one hand, the contestant must empty one box of tissues. Failure to complete this task in 60 seconds may result in elimination. Okay, so you guys got 60 seconds, one hand behind your back, and the first one to get all the tissues out gets a bag of candy. Which your kids will probably get, right? We can give them to your grandkids. Got four right here. Oh, you want it? Okay, okay, good deal. Okay, so we're going to get a countdown here for you. And. The game begins in three, two, one, go! I think Justin takes the lead. Justin got first. Look up for second. Oh, Damon. Oh. See, maybe first, maybe you should say you were giving to your grandkids. Then you would have won. Give it up for my volunteers. Thank you, guys. Let's give it up for our game players one more time. They did an awesome, awesome job. Thank you, guys. And thank you, Ben. For those of you who are here for the first time, this is our family Sunday once again. And we, you are our VIPs. We love our VIPs. My name is Miranda, and our ushers are making their way forward. They have these orange welcome brochures and these orange connection cards. They're going to be coming up the aisle soon. And if you are here for the very first time and have not received one of these, we have a gift that we want to put in your hand just for being here right outside at the Welcome Center. You can fill out the card on the inside of this and get a free gift. And our ushers are coming up forward now with these orange cards. If you're a first-time guest and haven't gotten one of these, can you go ahead and put your hand in the air, and the ushers will bring one to you. We have a few on the side over here. Awesome. We love our first-time guests. There's a couple over here also. There's a couple on this right side. 
Awesome. We love our first-time guests. If you are here for the second or third time, uh, you can pull out the blue connection card right in the seat pocket in front of you, or if you're a member of our church, and go ahead and fill it out as you check out this video. The greatest way to transform your mind is to learn about what it is you're afraid of. We allow things we don't know about to take us out. And I stand on behalf of all the sons and daughters, God. God, I want to be a part of what you're doing. Can't focus on everything that the enemy's got, the chaos, the darkness. God will take you to the darkest place to reveal who you really are. You step out and you trust God. He makes a way where there isn't a way. He can turn things around in one moment. You gotta follow without that go. He don't want sacrifice, he loves it, but he prefers obedience. Oh my gosh, I love this song. Good morning. It's a great day at City Church, and we're glad you're here. I'm Paula, and I'm your Next Step Tour Guide. Please review with me the next step. Your next step is to join us today at New Smyrna Beach after third service. The baptism begins at 3 p.m., but will be there beginning at 1 p.m. Driving directions can be found on your bulletin, or if you need a ride, report to the church parking lot ready to go today at 1 p.m. sharp. We'll see you there. Then join us again this Wednesday night and make some new friends. We have something for everybody, youth, kids, and adults. And it all starts at 7 p.m. We have Royal Rangers and Impact Girls for the Kids, Wide Open Youth for Middle and High School Students, and Small Groups in the Round for Adults. The small groups we have right now are God's at War and The Story. Wednesday nights are the best time to meet new people. Join us. I promise you're going to love it. Join us again on Wednesday, July 2nd for an Independence Day party. The evening starts at 7 p.m. and features food, games, swimming, and more. Bring the entire family as we celebrate. For more information, check out your bulletin or visit us at orlandocitychurch.com. In case you need them, the bathrooms are located in the back of the main auditorium and wheelchair accessible restrooms are located just outside the City Kids building. And if you have any questions, we've got answers. Just find anyone wearing a City Church name tag and they'll be more than happy to help. Thanks again for being with us and enjoy the rest of the service. Gracias y que tengan un buen día. Always use a turn signal. Park between the lines. Yes. Drop off dry cleaning before noon. Read the headlines. Don't forget to smile. Always root for the local sports team. Always return a compliment. Hey, you look nice. So do you. Drink overpriced coffee. There you go. That's $37. Awesome. We are in part 12 of our series entitled The Story. Have you enjoyed the story so far? 
And we are going through the, through the life of the Bible. We're going from Genesis all the way to Revelation and seeing how the story of God unfolds and how when his story affects our story, uh, we're forever changed. This morning, I want to introduce our, our uh, speaker this morning. I want to say guest speaker, even though she's a guest speaker maybe to our Sunday morning here. But uh, I want to introduce Pastor Kristen to you. And Pastor Kristen and her husband, Doug, are just an amazing couple, are they not? If you know them, they're just unbelievable. Um, and we are, we are so uh, thankful for them and the kids' ministry team. And our kids are in good hands. I always tell people in our city, I say, hey, uh, just to warn you, if you come to our church and bring your kids, you're going to start coming every week because your kids are just going to love it. You know, uh, and isn't that the truth? It's an incredible thing when our young people are walking out of service going, I want to come back. This is what I learned. And I had a great time. And uh, they do an amazing job. And we're excited to have her come and bring the word. Would you put your hands together and welcome Pastor Kristen? Come on. Good morning. You guys enjoying the family service? Yeah, so we do this four times a year, three or four times a year, like Pastor Glenn said. And um, for those of you who are new with us, we do have a, ki- a kids' church service for every time we have an adult service. So our kids meet in this building next door. It's labeled kids. You cannot miss it. It's a big sign. And so we would love for your kids to come back and, and join us next week. And we, it's age-appropriate for them. They have a, an exciting time, a, a really fun time learning the Word of God and, and growing spiritually. And I just want to say thank you to Pastor, you guys. If you, you, if you know him, you know that he's an incredible guy, him and Laura. And um, if you don't know him, you've got to get to know him. These pastors are the real deal here. And I've known them for a really long time. I've been with the church pretty much since the beginning, that when, it, when it started. And so um, I'm just so honored to be here serving. And um, there's no other place that I would bring my family, honestly. So thank you for all you do here. We love you guys. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to take a minute just to brag on the kids' ministry, and not because I lead it, but because I have, I have an opportunity to talk about it. <laughs> I have an awesome team of volunteers. They are so faithful in coming every week, and they don't just show up on Sundays. I mean, we're talking about it through the week. Our conversations, we're just always talking about what can we do better, what can we do to connect more with families. And my team, they're so faithful. It doesn't happen without them. So thank you to all of you guys out there who are our City Kids team. You are awesome. Awesome. I'm thankful for you. And this past week, we just finished our annual week-long mega sports camp. We kick off the summer with our kids, and we do usually in June. And um, We have some pictures up here of our mega sports camp, and we had about 100 kids in attendance every single day last week on this property. We were bursting at the seams. It was so much fun. There was music, and there was sports all over the place, and, and these kids got to work with coaches in a specific sports area where they got to um, learn new skills and put them to use, and they were um, competing and scrimmaging and doing all this fun stuff. It was really awesome. But the best part of it was we had about 40 kids give their lives to Christ. So that's awesome. Praise the Lord. We're very, very excited about what God is doing um, in this place and in our kids' ministry. Well, I'm going to open up in prayer if you guys can bow your heads with me. Lord God, I thank you so much for this opportunity that you've given me to speak to the people here today. Thank you so much. Um, for those of you called, that you've called to this place today, God, it's not by accident that they're here. You have a message for them, Lord, and I just ask that uh, your Holy Spirit just, uh, just move through me, speak through me. Let it be your words that I speak. Open every heart here to receive your word today, Lord, and, and uh, we just want to honor you and, and bless your name. You are holy. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. How many of you guys have seen the movie Castaway with Tom Hanks? 
It's an old movie. It was made in 2000, so it's a little far back. But um, if you haven't seen it, basically this guy gets into a plane crash. He survives, and now he's on an island where there's no one else who lives there. And he's left to figure out how to survive and, and hopefully get back to civilization. That's his goal. And whether you like this movie or not, I'm sure there's, there's some scenes that you probably recall to this day. And one for me, it's going to make you cringe, <laughs> is this character develops a toothache. And, yeah. <laughs> and if you've ever had a toothache, you know that's one of the worst pains you can experience, right? There's, you, you're on the phone with your dentist. You're like, can I get in today? I need to get in as soon as possible. Because it's really hard to function with a toothache. It, it hurts. You can't even really focus on what your daily responsibilities are. And so here he is dealing with that, but he obviously can't leave. There's no dentist he can go to. So he's stuck with this pain every single day, and, and it grows into an infection, and it's getting worse and worse. And then one day, a box washes up to shore, and inside there's a pair of um, ice skates. And you're thinking, okay, on an island, I get ice skates. What do I do with ice skates? Well, he comes up with a solution for his problem, and he takes the, the blade of the ice skate, and he puts it in his mouth, and he smashes out that infected tooth. As painful as that sounds, that's what he does. And, and you think, well, why, how in the world can someone do that? Like, how can you force yourself? Your tooth is already hurting. It, it's so painful. And now you're going to smash it out. The act of doing that is pretty painful, right? And so here he is. He's, he's forcing himself to do that. How can he do that? The answer is that even though the act of doing it is painful and difficult, the alternative is far worse. To leave that tooth there and allow it to go on, it's just going to get worse and worse, more painful, and he's going to have to live with that excruciating pain every single day, every single hour. And so he, he's got to weigh it out. He's like, okay, do I do it? Do I not do it? And, and so he comes up with it, you know, he's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to knock this out because I can't live with this pain anymore. And that's the reality of the difference between con- confessing our sins and concealing them. When we confess our sins, that's what God wants us to do. That's what we're supposed to do. When we confess it, that's a difficult thing. That's something that's hard. It hurts. And especially if it involves other people that you might have hurt. It, that's a hard thing to do. But if you don't and you hide it and you're concealing it and you're living a lie, that's a lot more painful. That road that you're going to take is going to be a lot harder. So today's big idea says when we live a life of confessing our sins, our hearts are open to God allowing him to continually transform us from the inside out. If we're committed to living for God, really doing this thing and, and having a relationship with him, our hearts have to be open to him to allow him to transform us. And, and so when we confess, that allows our hearts to be open. So today we're going to talk about confessing versus concealing and the effects that it has on our life. So you guys ready? All right. If you have your Bible, go ahead and turn to 2 Samuel chapter 11. We're also going to be looking at Psalm 51 a little later on. So we're in chapter 12 of the story, and hopefully your family are reading this together each week. We're, we, in case you don't know, we are doing this church-wide. Our little preschoolers are doing the same stories, kids' church, wide-open youth, and our adult service. We're all doing this together, and it's an incredible journey that we're taking together. Um, so this week, being family service, the story that we're doing today happens to fall on David and Bathsheba. <laughs> all right, if you're familiar with the story... There are some details in it that I'm going to leave out. Parents, don't worry. I'm going to keep it completely G-rated. All right? I'm the person to tell this story, so I, can, I know how to communicate to kids. We're going to keep it G-rated. But if you're not familiar with the story, I really encourage you to, um, if you don't have a copy of the story, you can get one uh, after service, chapter 12. 
or you can look in your Bible at 2 Samuel um, chapter 11. And so David, we're going to talk about him. Last week he entered the story, he entered the picture as a 17-year-old young shepherd boy who was courageous enough to go against a giant, a giant that nobody else wanted to face. Not even the soldiers had enough courage to face him. And so here David is, and, and he's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to stand up for my God. I know who he is. He's going to go out, and he's going to fight that battle for me. And so he's full of courage. And a, a few years after that, he becomes king. And let me tell you a little bit about David. He's a worshiper, a great worshiper. He's a poet, a songwriter. He is a courageous warrior. He, um, he goes out and he wins a lot of um, uh, battles. He's very victorious. And um, God's description of him is, here is a man after my own heart. After my own heart. Isn't that cool? When you guys want to be, ever hear that, want to hear that about yourself? Yes. And so, David, he's got all these cool things about him that we can talk about. But the truth is, he's as human as you and me. And he made some bad choices along the way that really um, affected himself and his family and his kingdom. So we're going to take a look. If you guys will look um, in Second Samuel chapter 11, I'm going to read a couple verses. In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah, but David remained in Jerusalem. So springtime, that's the natural time that the kings would go out with their armies and they would go out to war. And for whatever reason, the Bible doesn't tell us, but David decides to stay back. He tells Joab, his commander, you've got this. Go ahead, take the army, do your thing. You've got it. I'm just going to hang back. And so David, he's kicking back in his palace, and, and he's doing whatever kings do at that time, and, and he's just hanging out. And one night, I don't know, maybe he was bored, maybe he was restless. He gets out of bed, the Bible says, he decides to go for a walk on the rooftop. And the rooftop, he's got a pretty good view of everything. And, and there on the rooftop is where he sees a very, very beautiful woman. And, I mean, she's beautiful. And he can't take his eyes off of her. And I guess maybe he couldn't get her out of his mind. And, and so he sends someone. He goes, go find out who that is. Go find out. And so the messenger comes back and says, that her name is Bathsheba. She's the wife of Uriah the Hittite. And you know Uriah. He's one of your guys in the army. You've battled alongside of him for years. You know who this is. It's Uriah, that's his wife. And, and she belongs to him. She's spoken for. And, and I don't know if David, maybe he didn't give it much thought. And he's like, well, I'm king. I can do what I want. I can have what I want. And so what he did is he sent for her. And she came to the palace. And he chose to enter into a wrong relationship with this married woman. And when David did that, he knew he was sinning. And at that moment, that's when he should have stopped and confessed. Confessed his sin. But he chose not to. He chose to go on and conceal it and hide it. And so... Um, his first attempt at hiding it didn't go so well for him. It didn't work out. So he came up with plan B. And uh, plan B was to make sure nobody would ever find out, especially Uriah. And, and so he sent a note to Joab. And in this note it says, he wrote, Put Uriah out in front where the fighting is fiercest. Then withdraw from him so he will be struck down and die. So while Joab had the city, city under siege, he put Uriah at a place where he knew the strongest defenders were. When the men of the city came out and fought against Joab, some of the men in David's army fell. Moreover, Uriah the Hittite died. So now Uriah, he's out of the picture. He's dead. And his death was a direct result of King David giving that command. Make sure Uriah doesn't make it out. Make sure he's gone. And so at that moment, David's guilty of murder. He put that plan into motion. And Bathsheba, she finds out about her husband, that he's dead. And she's very upset. She's, um, 
she's heartbroken and she goes through a period of mourning and after after that period of mourning David calls for her and, and has her come back to the palace and he marries her. He arrives out of the picture. Now he's going to go ahead and marry her. They get married. And David's thinking, all right, I did it. I covered it up. Nobody's ever going to find out what I did. Only Bathsheba and I really know what's going on. And, and so I did it. Now I'm going to kind of move on and, and go on with everything else in the kingdom and what I got to take care of. But how many of you guys know you cannot ignore a toothache? You can't let it go. And so... Um, just to make sure you guys are up to speed and following along, David, he's done some big stuff here. He has coveted his neighbor's wife. He's committed adultery. He's murdered. And now he's living a lie. Out of ten commandments, he's broken four of them in this one situation. And so he, um, he, he, he's just going on living this lie. And, and I can't help but wonder, like, how does he get to this point? Like, here's David, the, what we talk about, the worshiper. He's committed to God's ways and living for him, and, and he, he's a man after God's own heart. What happened along the way? How did he get so far away from living for God? And maybe you see yourself in this. Maybe at this point you're like, you know what? There was a time in my life I was really close to God. I was in the Word, and I was growing and spending time in His presence. And now I'm not so close to Him. There's time that's gone by, and, and there's a gap, and I'm just not as close to Him. Maybe you see yourself in that. For David... It's not something that just happened overnight. It was a progression of hiding and concealing one sin after the other after the other. And he, um, he didn't make a, a choice at that point at all to, to confess and just get real with God and, and take ownership of what he had done wrong. He was just living this lie and, and continuing to go down that path where his heart was being corrupted and, and his character was just not where it should be. And, and just kept going down that instead of running in the other direction and getting it right with God. And David, I mean, he, his, his great danger, what he thought the great danger of his life would be, would be that um, if someone would find out about his life, about his sin. But really, the great danger would have been if nobody ever found out and he continued to go down that path. And eventually it would have destroyed him. He would have lost everything. But God had bigger plans for him. God ha- always has bigger plans. And I don't know what your, your view of God is, what you, how you think of him, what you see him as. But let me tell you, he doesn't just sit around waiting for you to mess up just so he can point his finger at you and condemn you. That's not who he is. He is a loving father. He corrects, he forgives, he redeems. Okay, so how many, have, how many parents do I have in here? Raise your hand and wave at me if you're a parent. Okay, so as a loving parent, this is very simple, and, and I'm going to give it to you like this. Um, God's the ultimate example of a loving parent. So as a loving parent, when your child does something wrong, you correct them, right? You discipline them. You want them to know right from wrong, and it's, it's our job to teach that to them. So um, you, there's consequences when there's something wrong. You're, you're teaching them and training them, but you're not casting them out. You're not saying, you know what? I don't want to ever see your face again. You're not living in our house. You need to go away, and, and I'm done with you. That's not what we do, right? We correct them. We discipline them. Yeah, there's consequences, but then you bring them back into your lap and you say, I love you. I forgive you. We're going to get through this and we're going to move forward together. And you're committed to your child, right? And that's the way God is with us. He is so loving. And so part of God's plan is that he sends a prophet named Nathan. And Nathan has a very specific message for David, and it's from God. And um, he, he needs to tell this message to, uh, to David because God, it says in the Bible, God is very displeased. He's not happy at all with the choices that David has made. 
So Nathan comes up to David, and he's like, hey, I've got I to tell you a story. And he, and he starts out telling him, there's a rich man who has plenty of everything, plenty of land, plenty of animals. He's got a lot of wealth, and he can have anything he wants. But he has a, a neighbor who's pretty poor. And, and this neighbor, he saved up everything he could to, to buy this one lamb. And he brought this lamb home, and he raised it like his own, like it's one of his kids, and, and it eats at the table with his kids, and it's, it's like family. If you guys have a pet that's like family, you know what I'm talking about. And so there's this poor guy, but then this rich guy had a special guest come, and he wanted to have a feast for him. But instead of taking from his huge supply of animals, he takes the one lamb from this poor neighbor and, and kills it and, and prepares a feast with it. And when David heard that, he was angry. He's like, how dare anybody in my kingdom do that? And, and this is what David's response was. David burned with anger against the man and said to Nathan, As surely as the Lord lives, the man who did this must die. He must pay for that lamb four times over, because he did such a thing and had no pity. Then Nathan said to David, You are that man. David, you are that man. Now, guys in here, you guys probably like to hear, You're the man, right? Right? <laughs> you can admit it. But in this situation, it's not what you wanted to hear. It's not what you want to hear. But David, he needed to hear that. He needed to hear these words, you're the man. You're the one who's done this. And immediately, the Bible says immediately, David acknowledges his sin. He doesn't try to deny it and cover it up anymore. He realizes, man, I have messed up. And it's you, God. It's you who I've sinned against. And immediately, he's asking for forgiveness. He's confessing his sins. He is opening his heart to God. And, and, and that's where... Um, where he's at at that point. Now, in my house, we have sibling rivalry going on at its finest. If you have more than one child, you know what I'm talking about. Especially, <laughs> that's my, that my two oldest. Especially um, when they're close in age. And these two are close in age. This is my oldest. She's six, and our, young, our second born is four. And they are constantly going at it with one another. And they're trying to outdo each other and see who's better at this and then argue about who's better at it. And it's just, it's nonstop some days, back and forth, back and forth. And, and so, you know, there's moments where I'm like, all right, this is a great teachable moment. I'm going to really be able to instill in them some values and teach them. And then there's some moments where you're like, no matter what I do, nothing is getting through to them, right? You guys probably know, you understand what I'm saying. So... One day, they were going back and forth, back and forth, all day long, and I had it. I was like, I can't do this anymore. So I said, you two, get on that couch right now. You're going to hold hands, and you're going to do a timeout together. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm thinking, I'm so brilliant. I got this. This is almost like a payback. <laughs> so I'm like, you guys are going to sit down, you're going to hold hands, and you're going to do that for five minutes. If you break the hold, the clock restarts. And I, I'm going to make sure. And they know I'm, I, I really try to stick to my guns when I say it, it's going to happen. And, and so I'm thinking, this is good. They're going to hold hands. Five minutes, they're going to be done. We're gonna, they're going to apologize. And then they're going to say something nice about each other. And then we're going to go on with our day. I'm like, this is good. Well, <laughs> not so much. Five minutes turned into a very, very long time. They're like holding hands and then they're breaking apart. I'm like, all right, the timer's resetting. We did it, they did it again, and they're breaking apart. And I'm like, come on, guys, come on. And so finally, my boy, he gets it. He's like, I'm going to hold her hand because I want to get back to playing with my cars. And so he holds onto her hand as tightly as he can. And he's not letting her go or him go for the life of him. He is holding on so tightly. And she's trying to get away, and she's, like, getting all squeamish. And I'm like, what is, what is wrong with you? And, and she finally goes, I can't hold his hand, Mommy. He's so gross. He picked his nose. <laughs> 
trying so hard not to laugh. You know, you try to have to keep that straight face. And, and so the clock gets, keeps getting reset, but eventually we get through it, all three of us. <laughs> and, um, needless to say, there are many I'm sorry sessions in our day. This is how it works. And, um, you know, we're, it's our job as parents to, to show them, you know, when you've done something wrong, you need to take ownership. You need to say sorry. But the worst part is when, when you tell them to say sorry and it comes out like, I'm sorry. And it's not heartfelt at all. Your parents are nodding. You know what I'm talking about. And, and so, you know, we're working on that with them as parents. But here's David. His sin is brought before him. It hits home for him. And he is completely broken before the Lord. His heart, he is truly sorry. He is repenting. He is confessing. He's getting real with God finally. After all that phoniness and covering up, he's getting real. And as a poet and as a songwriter, he does what naturally, what comes natural to him. He puts it on paper, and we get to read it. It's in Psalm 51. We're going to take a look at that. And, and this is what he writes. This is um, directly following that situation. I'm going to read the verses to you. It, he writes, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgressions. Wash away all of my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Yet you desired faithfulness even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in that secret place. Cleanse me with hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all of my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. As David lays out his heart bare before the Lord, he acknowledges his need for God to be in control again. He wasn't allowing God to be in control. He was letting his power his own self be in control. But here he's saying, God, take control again. I've done what is wrong. And as much as he wants to make it right, he's made a big mess of things, and he needs God. He needs God to remove that infection from his heart. Just like we need a dentist, right, to take care of our infected tooth. He needs that. And he's saying, only you, God, only you can give me a pure heart, a clean heart. So there's more to David's story. It doesn't just end with, Um, David saying, that man deserves to die. And Nathan saying, you're the man. You're the one who deserves to die. It doesn't end there. Praise God. There's more to the story. Um, David, he lives. God spares him his life. Now, there's consequences. He still faces consequences. um, But God spares his life. But there is damage that has been done. Damage in his own life. Damage in his family. There was nothing easy about him confessing. And I bet you, him thinking back about it, if he could go all the way back to the beginning, to that first initial sin with Bathsheba, he would have uh, confessed right then and there and not covered up. He would have done that in a heartbeat, knowing all that has transpired at this point. And so in him concealing his sin one after the other, I mean, it practically ruined him. But when David confessed, he found victory in that. He found victory in coming clean. Because when he confessed, he found himself a loving God, full of grace and mercy right there, waiting for him, and, and God picked him up, and like I said, there were consequences, other ones, and, but God still picked him up, and God redeemed him. We see God at work in David's life in the Old Testament, and he's at work in our life right now, today, every day. We have a Redeemer. 
Jesus Christ. He is our Redeemer. He died in our place so that we could be set free. He took the punishment of our sin so that we could live. We didn't deserve it. Just like David didn't, didn't deserve to die, we don't deserve to, to live. But he did it for us. And in 1 John 1, 9, it says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Not just one time, but every single time. That is his promise to us. Jesus paid a high price to be able to give us that promise. Amen. So no one in here has David's story, okay? That's unique to him. The decisions that he made, uh, the people that were involved in those decisions, that was unique to him. But your story is the same as David's story. We all sin. We all make a mess of our lives. Our lives get messy, just like David. But in that moment of when you make a wrong choice, you now have a new choice. You have a new choice. Do you conceal your sin, cover it up, and pretend like it's better to keep it that way, don't let others know the truth, what's going on, and live that lie? Or do you confess? Do you live your heart open towards God and allow Him to come in and and give you of that pure heart and and renew you and restore you, redeem you? Do you confess? Do you conceal? It's your choice. Would you guys stand up with me? I'm just going to ask you guys to bow your heads and close your eyes. There's nothing special that's going to happen with um, you closing your eyes. It just gives you an opportunity just to reflect on yourself and, and not be distracted by anyone else around you. I just want to ask you guys one question. What is the Holy Spirit speaking to you right now? What is God saying to you? You've heard me speak and give, give this message. We looked at David's life and, and confessing versus concealing. But what is God saying to you right now? I just want you to take just a, a few moments and just listen to his voice. He's here. He wants to speak to you. And here's the most important question of the day. Do you have a relationship with Jesus? Do you have a relationship with Jesus? If you, if you don't, and you're saying, yes, I want to today, today's the day. Right now, I'm going to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. If that's you, and you're saying, yes, I want to start a relationship with Jesus, my Redeemer, I want you to raise your hand right now. And that, that's nothing special either. It's, just, it's signifying, yes, I want to make this decision. I'm going to have us all pray. I want you guys to repeat after me this prayer. And, um, I'm going to give you the words, but let the words come from your heart. So if you can repeat after me, God, I recognize that you are God and I am not. I also recognize that I am a sinner in need of salvation. And you sent Jesus to save me from my sins. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my life and make me new. Teach me to walk in your ways. And live a life you created me to live. I declare today that you are my God. And I will follow you forever. Amen.
And for those of you who have asked Jesus in, to be your Savior, who are starting that relationship with Christ, that's a big deal. That's a huge deal. Let's give thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Right now, we're going to go into a song. And maybe you feel like worshiping. Maybe the message has really touched your heart and you feel like you've got to get some things out. Maybe you need a healing. Maybe your marriage needs a healing. Whatever it might be. I want you guys to know during the song, these, these altars are open to you. You can come down. You can stay in your, uh, in your aisle and worship. But our God is mighty to save. No matter what you've gone through, no matter where you're at right now, he is mighty to save. So let's worship together. Everyone needs compassion, a love that's never failing. Let mercy fall on me. Everyone needs forgiveness, the kindness of a Savior, the hope of good, isn't he? Well, he's amazing. He's Jesus.
Amen. Amen. You can be seated right where you are. And our is coming forward at this time. We're going to receive this morning's tithes and offerings. And uh, I got my friend coming up with me. And uh, our is coming forward. There are many ways you can give here at City Church. You can give online at OrlandoCityChurch.com. You can also use the offering envelopes. It's right in front of you. And uh, what's your name? Marie. Marie. Are you now? Uh, how old are you? Nine. What's your favorite color? Purple. Who's your boyfriend? No one. That's a great answer. Come on. That was good. That was good. And uh, Marie, let me let me ask you. Well, you know what? Let's uh, we're going to read this scripture together. All right. We're going to read Deuteronomy chapter 15, verse 10. OK, you all want to say it together. Can we do that? Here we go. Ready? Give generously to them and do so without a grudging heart. Then because of this, the Lord, your God will bless you in all your work and in everything you put your hand to. This, this context of the scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 15 is, is actually not just talking about generosity, but specifically to the poor. Um, now, uh, when we think about poor, uh, sometimes we would, we kind of in our mindset, we immediately probably put a class somewhere, some form, whether it was some type of government class or whatever. But really the poor is simply someone that cannot give themselves. That's as simple as it is. And when you give to those people, um, there's a blessing of God on your life. I got a question for you, Marie. Uh, do you have a job? No. So no pension? No. No uh, 401k? No. No mutual funds? No, nothing like that? No. No. no uh, so no part-time job? Nothing? No. Cool. That was a great answer. Um, now I just want to read this, this one more time today, just to put this in more of a context, because it's not just about... Listen. So we're talking about giving to those that can't give themselves. That's what we're talking about. Um, so give generously to them and then do so without a grudging heart. We unashamedly give so that young people just like Mary have a place. And, and because of this, the Lord your God's going to bless you in all your work and in everything you put your hand to. And I know we may just kind of, you know, have this concept of, man, you know, we tithe and we give, and maybe we don't see the, the, the fruit of it, but she, one, of them, one of the fruits is standing on our stage right now. And this doesn't happen without you and I saying, hey, we're going to be faithful to God, we're going to tithe, we're going to give 10%, and we're going to go above and beyond that. And um, so I just want to encourage you today as you give. Let's give generously. We give with an open heart, knowing that we can't outgive God, and Mary's going to help uh, pray for our offering. You ready? All right. Thank you, God, for this offering, and I hope that every the people who need it and people who want to know who you are, who you are and understand you. And I hope everybody will know. Amen. Amen. Can we give Mary a huge hand? Go ahead. All right. 
Okay. So before I, before I release you, I just want you to get this mental image in your mind of the waters, the ocean just soaring in, and all of your church family over at New Smyrna Beach. It's going to be a blast. And so, hey, you, you may say it's, it's my first time. Come. Come hang out with us. No strings attached. And we're just going to have fun and get together. All the information is in your bulletin. God bless you guys. I hope to see you there at 3 p.m., all right?